Hey, welcome to Making Disciples. Uh, Luke White, uh, the Daily Rev, uh, as you're known <laughs> online. Uh, one of the pastors at Temple Way Church, Potter's Bar. Uh, you've got loads of social media kind of content. I love to talk about social media and discipleship in a little bit. But I want to get right to discipleship and ask you this question. Mm -hmm. uh, who kicked off your discipleship journey? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I have to say, my mum, no doubt about it, my, my, well, my parents, in fact, um, for as long as I can remember, um, church, faith, God has been on the radar. It was on the radar I, I often say, even to my congregation, I often say I feel like I was born on the platform, like just yeah. just my mum gave birth on the pulpit. I, I hope she didn't be a bit gruesome, but it was before, <laughs> at least it was before YouTube. So you never know, maybe it did happen. Um, but yeah, I feel as though my whole life has just been um, ingrained in, yeah. you know, church and faith. And so, yeah, I would have to say, I say it's my parents for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about your church church yes. that you pastor at what's, what's it like give us a flavor of what it feels like there okay so it's it's called temple way as you shared um and the whole kind of vibe and inspiration behind it is really just to create a space where people can be authentic that's kind of the idea our, our slogan is real god real people real service and so the whole idea is how can we remove as many barriers as possible that oftentimes have been built up between um, the average person engaging with with God, with scripture, with faith. Um, and that's kind of the approach we take. So it might be something as simple as, um, you know, not having to dress up for our services because the tradition that I'm from, um, you know, Sabbath is a high day. Yeah, you dress yeah. up, you put your tie, your suit. I mean, like, really like you, you yeah. go all out your best um and so that was one of the barriers that a lot of us um the younger generation typically called the millennials we felt that we can our friends who weren't born in the faith like we were we couldn't really engage them the gulf was too big between what we experience every week and what life really is like um and so yeah so it might be something as simple as that just removing the kind of the if you don't have a suit barrier to something more kind of, I think more profound by actually breaking the barrier between um, the pastor and the congregation. So um, I try to as much as possible in, in the message to really engage the congregation. Sometimes, I mean, I prepare a message, but sometimes we get a quarter of the way through it because someone has questions and we just go down a rabbit hole. Um, and really, yeah, just a, 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 that's kind of the flavor. It's, it's a place where there are no barriers, where we really want you to feel accepted and we go out of our way to try and communicate that you're loved, you're accepted. We try to celebrate birthdays. We try to um, connect to people during the week. We, you know, we, we use social media to, you know, put their pictures up and just to show them that we value them on, on our channels as well. It's just really is it really is is that simple just how can we show them that we love how can we show people who come that we love them and really share that in a wider way so people can see that this is an environment yeah. where you are genuinely okay. loved so. That's the question. what's the average age of the team the staff team at the church what's the average oh, age yeah. the average age is well last year it was bang on 30 but most of us turned 31 this year so the average age is about 31 so it's an aging population then it's an aging church so, sorry, okay. the average age. <laughs> I'm kidding. Chris, you got me. I'm like, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, that's yeah. great, isn't it? I think yeah, um, yeah. having a staff team that's young creates energy, 
creates passion. I love that strap line, authentic God, authentic people. Uh, so it means authenticity is at the heart of the church. And I think one of the big things millennials are wrestling with is how do we get back to a more authentic encounter with faith where we just kind of clear out some of that uh, clutter. Um, mm -hmm. I, let me. I it's wanted... interesting. Let me let me let me jump on that, Chris. Yeah. Just to, just to add a bit more. I'm realizing more and more, and and I did do uh, I did a Facebook live about this the other day that um, I'm learning that millennial is actually a mindset over an age bracket. And, and I say that because there was an interaction that I had that blew my mind. It was a a fellow pastor. He's in his like probably. I don't want to insult him, but I, I hope he's in his late 40s, early 50s. And um, we was just talking and he, he approached me with some ideas that he had about some of the ministries he wanted to do. And I said to him, you sound just like a millennial. And we laughed about it, but it stuck in my mind that, oh, my gosh, there are people who the things that we say are pillars of uh, millennials is actually that mind it's a mindset yeah, which yeah. people can have. And our church, we have people as old as. 70 in our church like we don't, we're not a big congregation but we have the full spectrum of ages who come to our church and so it's not so much like it's because i'm against like a youth church or a, a church specifically for one age group i'm against that but the principles that millennials like they can be transposed throughout the generations it just it's, it's an individual it's a person by person thing i have young people in my team who hate social media I have people in my team who who hate email, who, yeah. who who would never be caught really on Snapchat. They they do the bare minimum to get by because they're not interested in it. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we can miss a trick sometimes and we just put people in boxes based on a date of birth. What is the likelihood, Chris, that just because we're born in the same um, birth range that we're going to think the same about everything? I mean, yes, there are broad strokes, but uh, I think it's lazy, to be honest. I, I think a lot of it, a lot of the work that's been done around it is just lazy, to, to put it bluntly. Well, can we push into that a little bit? Because I'd love to just yeah. talk a bit more because it's this, it's this age demographic that a lot of churches are really struggling to connect with. Mm -hmm. And you look at what we've done with youth ministry, we've, just, uh, we've, we've often pushed young people you know, the, the church now has teenagers. It didn't have mm -hmm. teenagers 10, 15 years ago. Now it has teenagers, but now they're dropping off kind of when it goes to university. So what's the unique challenges that you think are the genuine challenges churches have mm -hmm. with young adults, not the perceived challenges? What's the genuine yes. challenges? Okay, so I do think um, probably the biggest one has to be relationships. I think that we, we haven't forged real relationships. I don't think we maybe have throughout the, the the generations but the difference is the older generations are loyal to the institution mm. just like their bank just like their car insurance like yeah. you could tell them that there's a cheaper petrol station five minutes around the corner they don't care <laughs> this is the one they've gone to for the last six years 10 years 15 years they're going to be loyal to it whereas our generation are saying wait uh that doesn't make sense to me like that doesn't i'm not going to be loyal to this just because and so because then there's no and then the church probably or possibly hasn't forged real relationships, there's nothing that is keeping them there. And I think that's the glue, because I might not like the preacher. I might not like the sermons. I might not like the music. I might not like the food. I might not like many elements of it. But if I know there are genuine relationships that I have formed there, I believe that that's the stickiness that goes beyond when I go to university and and the transitions in my life. I just believe it's relationships. Otherwise, 
there's just no point. I, I'll either church hop and go to different, jump to, you know, the latest thing, Hillsong, you know, I'll jump to the, 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 the cooler, more innovative things. But they, again, still, I don't think can hold if I don't then when I'm there, form real relationships. I'll just then jump to the next thing and the next thing because I believe, I could be wrong, but I just believe that that is the glue. It's the, it's the relationships. And if we don't put more effort and time into forming them, um, then, then we're going to lose them, I believe. And and sorry to go on on this point, but I think the whole, and, and sometimes the events approach that we have to things is, is part of the problem because the events are not linked to a real purpose. So we don't say, okay, we're going to have this event. So the, the church pastor or the youth leader sits down with their calendar for yeah. the year and puts in these events, but they're not tied to anything substantial. It's just, we pick a theme for the year and then we fill the calendar rather than saying, okay, the goal for this year is we want to deepen our relationships with our young people. Okay, cool. So how does each and every specific thing that we're doing, how does it contribute to that end? Yeah. Um, and I think we put the cart before the horse. So yeah, in, in short, I just think I just think relationships are yeah. are key. I just I just really I really do. Yeah, I think so often the church is focused on um, think commitment to our church will be called, will be because you like what we do, but the reality is people want to be at my church because of the relationships that they have, and that's the, that's the change, isn't it? And actually, this comes back to what you said earlier, and I'd love to just pick this up around authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the central narrative around relationships is authenticity relationships that are real and they're deep and you talk about this quite a lot on your your podcast and on stuff online why is it important to you that things are authentic that's a great question i think that i think a lot of the time we're walking around with masks on um, and I think it's a normal thing to do. We present different sides of ourselves at different times. But I think if there's no gen, if there's never a space where you can take off the mask, then it's problematic. And I, I think that that's one of the unique roles that church communities can fill is that you can say, come into this space and you're, it's safe for you to take off your mask. And the thing is, it's, it's it, why it suits the church so well is that that's the gospel like that's the message it's like it's all about being you it's all about god accepting you as you it's nothing to do with what you do it has nothing to do with what you look like it's just like god has just said just just come to me like i just love you just come to me it is everything else will fall into place or not whatever but come to me and i think that because of that it's almost in our mandate is if we had a if we had a blueprint for like how to do church like for me it's all it's, it's there already that make this essential theme that people can be themselves take off their masks come into this setting feel safe can be vulnerable um and, and what i found as well is that authenticity and vulnerability in turn breed authenticity and vulnerability because um, I spoke somewhere recently at my old university mm. and um, I was quite, I shared quite a few mistakes and, and things that had been made in the past. Um, can you still hear me there, Chris? Because I think the picture's throat. Yeah, I can hear you. Keep yeah. going. Okay, keep going. great. Oh, it's back. Okay. Um, We've just been yeah, authentic. We've just been authentic. Bye, bye, bye. So, yeah, so I shared, I was authentic and I shared some things. And my mum was actually watching because I live streamed on Facebook and my mum was watching and she called me and she said, oh, you know, I um, 
I I was cringing when you were saying some of those stories. I was cringing. And, and she was like, you know, she was just reflecting on her own kind of level of kind of embarrassment to yeah, certain things. Yeah. And then she shared some stuff with me that she had never shared with me before about herself. And I thought to myself, this is amazing. Like, I have a great relationship with my mom. She, um, like, even to this day, we're very close. And and yeah, I she managed to in the story I told see that saw that I was being vulnerable and it allowed her to be vulnerable and it just it was just so massive that it came from my own mother someone who I already have a relationship with that it just again honed the point more that vulnerability authenticity is just the only way it's just the only way and it frees you the individual when you can say this you know and I've laid a lot out and don't get me wrong there are still things that I I haven't shared. But I, I I pray like I pray for the time in my life when I can lay every everything yeah, 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 yeah. out because I just think it's just you're free it's yeah. just complete freedom yeah. um, and I think that's kind of the freedom that that God wants us to have um, when you just lay it out there and it's just like oh whatever you know what what now what now well, it's the classic- we look at the Sermon on the Mount the Sermon on the Mount is a sermon about authenticity. You have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you what's going on in your heart. That is lust. That is you committing adultery. You've heard it said, do not murder. But I say, you know, each time Jesus says that, he's making it authentic and real for a Mm. group of people who are saying, oh, it's not me. That's not me. Mm -hmm. I've not done that. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus brings it right down into reality. Mm-hmm. Even when mm-hmm. you, we talk about the three second rule. Yeah. If you look at somebody for more than three seconds, you, <laughs> you've lusted, my friend. Pull out that arm. Well, I can all. say, Chris, I've been looking at you for a lot longer and you're probably right, mate. You're probably right. But <laughs> okay. here's the thing, here's the thing that even push, makes it even, for me, even more real is that sense of the, the woman who was caught in adultery. I love this story because she was caught in adultery Jesus says, okay, fine, you've caught her, big wow. Right, now, whoever hasn't done anything, whoever hasn't committed any sin, you throw the stone. And no one was able to throw it. But for me, more powerful than that, when she saw that and realised, oh, my gosh, she was able to go back into the village and tell everyone, this man told me everything about me. Now, don't miss this, Chris. She would have been before being embarrassed because when someone says to her, well, what did he tell you? And she has to say, well, I was sleeping with five men. I was sleeping with five men. None of them was my husband. And he knew that. Imagine she was able to now share her story because she knows everybody's got their junk. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I just think, wow, like that is what vulnerability can do. It makes you not run away from your story, but share your story, which in turn brings other people into your story. It's just, it's the thing, Chris. It's the thing. It's the thing. (laughs) It's, it's, what, it's what's thing. happening throughout the Gospels, isn't it? Jesus yes. brings in reality. Let's just keep going. Yeah. We haven't got tons of time, but I want to ask you sorry, a little sorry. bit about... No, you don't apologise. I want to ask you a little bit about social media. You're really good at just communicating with social media. And I want to ask you, this is all about discipleship. So um, how are you using social media to bring about discipleship for people and in people's lives? So the main thing is this, that people now... Um, we have to get out of this model of trying to bring people into our spaces. Mm. Um, so people can, uh, we know the numbers are going down in church attendance, blah, 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 in most places. Mm. Um, so for me, we need to get away from that model of here we are, come over to us. So social media provides the perfect opportunity because the, basically we know everyone's going to five or six different platforms numerous times a day. It's basically making our job actually easier for us. So in the scripture where you see Jesus traveling around trying to get to people, if Jesus was around now, he'd sit in his office like this, 
press live on his phone and be transmitted to potentially the whole world from a button. Like, you know, he'd save so much money in sandal repair costs, you know? So that's kind of the thing. It's like everybody's already there. So then why not Do just you, go where they let are? Me, let me just push back on that for a second. We've just talked yes. about authenticity and relationship. Yes. The danger yes. of social media is we just project. Yes. We become the preacher in the pulpit and we expect the congregation yes. to listen. Actually, isn't social media the opposite to what we're yes. saying? people are looking for you see no because the whole point of social media is you might as well call it relationship media the real job of social media is to is to form relationships now we all know that people present a lot of the time a, perspe a perception of themselves yeah. but that people do that anyway in every area of life you go out your house right now there'll be someone pretending you know whatever have a big bmw pretending that they're rich but really they're paying finance or they're is complete on loan and they're bankrupt really but people always use things to present a perception of themselves so you've got that opportunity now people who are there are people on social media who will never come to your church I've, i said this recently they will never come to your church no matter how much you beg and plead and no matter how much money you pour into it they'll never come to your church yeah. but they'll look at your profile so that gives them you an opportunity to it gives you a little crack to share something positive so i'm not always up there just preaching i'm trying to be a positive genuine just who i am person and give people the opportunity to think about what i believe are more important issues rather than you know just the typical so that's yeah. the first thing and then it's up to you how authentic you are on those platforms it is completely up to you it doesn't the platform is just another opportunity for you to interact with people yeah. which yeah. previously you never had so so that's the thing so it's up to yeah. you how authentic you are on those platforms i say fully go for it um, I say, you know, just fully engage because at a touch of a button, you have the power to potentially be in front of anyone who's got internet. Yeah, yeah. We've never had an opportunity like this, Chris. Like, Bye. I can push a button. I can push a button and go live to potentially the whole world. That's ridiculous. My, uh, well, some of my church members say, Chris, you, your social media makes it look like all you do is have fun. <laughs> all the time you say all you're doing is having fun you seem to be either at a star wars event or doing some craft with your, with your kids you don't seem to be doing much working and i said well when i'm cleaning the toilet because somebody's had diarrhea in our church toilet oh. i'm on my hands and knees with the rubber gloves on yes because uh, he's coming off heroin and he's like i don't instagram that moment do i <laughs> when i'm when i'm going around to a person's house that i know is struggling financially to see how yes. we can bring help you don't go hang on a moment can i can i instagram so yeah. like my instagram and my facebook ends up being filled full of fun stuff yes. I, I can't really show the the real stuff so it's, it's a balance isn't it between the the whole thing you know? yeah i i completely yeah i completely hear that and i think you know I think going straight to camera, Snapchat or Instagram and saying that, hey, I just come from a member's house or I've just come from someone's house who's really struggling. I just want you guys to know if you're struggling with anything, slide in my DMs, mm. send me a DM, send me a PM, whatever you want to call it. Send me an email. We can talk about it or, or, or you know, or yeah. call me. We can arrange a meeting. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And the point is you, you wouldn't have had that opportunity before to use those moments to get in front of people so people can see, oh, okay, that's what Chris is about. Like before social media, how would people know like anything that you do? Or how would, I mean, you'd have to physically walk around there or pick up the phone or take up your cup or send the carrier pigeon or whatever they did back in the day. Um, but the point is now you can just reach people instantly in this part of the world anyway, in the first world, it's, it's the biggest opportunity we have. And I just feel that we're still not taking it seriously yeah. enough because 
it's a huge opportunity. It's a huge, yeah. huge opportunity. One last question before we go. Yes. I want to ask yes. just more about this authenticity for a second. Yes. The church really seems to have some no-go areas when it comes to discipleship. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people say all the church do is talk about sex. Actually, what we do is we talk a lot about one kind of sex. Uh, yes. But when it comes to sex, porn, masturbation, yes. all of that kind of stuff, when it comes actually to addiction, mm -hmm. uh, we're quite silent a lot of the time. Yes. And I want to ask the question, how do we get those no-go area topics back on the average disciples' radar? It starts by what they call turkeys voting for Christmas. I always use this. My wife says, oh, stop using this analogy. <laughs> but it's true. Basically, you and me at the top yeah. have to say... I am, and this is another thing that we do. We always, it's easy to say what we've conquered, right? Yeah. I can say, you know, oh gosh, five years ago, man, I used to be at it like a rabbit or whatever we used to, we, we used to do. Yeah. It's a whole nother different level to be yeah. able yeah. to say, this is what I'm in right now. This is what I'm praying for God to conquer right now. And so um, in the model that we have at the moment, it starts at the top, I believe. It starts by those of us who, those who are looked up to saying, look, this is some of the issues. That's why it's interesting. Like, I, I don't know how much your listeners are into, you know, popular culture, but it's interesting. You know, Jay-Z had his new album out the other day in which he talks about cheating on his wife. He talks about um, the infidelity in their home. And, you know, there, there have been and then you have the people who haven't come out and spoke about what they did, but they've been exposed through social media and things like that. So things are being raised to the surface. And I think that's actually important because what it says is it says that. Look, guys, um, actually, everybody's got issues. The same thing about the woman at yeah. the world. It's that same thing. It's that, okay, so you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna crucify Kevin Spacey for what he did, or you're going to crucify this person or that person. Okay, well, you who are without sin, you throw the first stone yeah. then. Yeah. You throw the first stone because I know what you did last summer. I know what you did last <laughs> night. I know what you're thinking right now. So what, you, what, what are you going to do? And so for me, this is this is the thing. It's like people have to get real, be honest about their own struggles. And again, if the if the you have if the atmosphere isn't right, then you have to move slowly and move with your congregation. But it has to be a case where you don't protect. You're not self-preserving so much because I'm telling you, nothing happens. Like when you are vulnerable, the worst thing that you think is going to happen, it actually doesn't happen. Like the amount of times when I even this story of, of being at my university and sharing a story. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, what are these people going to think of me now? What Someone comes up to me and is like, oh, Luke, I'd love to work with you at your church. I'm like, how did you just get that from what I just said? How did you get you want to work with me? And it's, it's, it's amazing what can happen. I really it's just amazing what can happen. And I, I think that the way we we get that into our communities yeah. is we have to be that. That's we great. have to walk that. We have to. It sounds obvious, but we just have to, man. So vulnerability essentially starts at the top. And if we want to I, make disciples who are vulnerable, then we ourselves need to be vulnerable disciples. Yes, yes. Or, and, and also the other angle is, sorry to keep going, but the other angle is um, we have to get rid of, at least in my congregation, I don't know about other congregations, but this method of really penalising those who, are, who do do something wrong, yeah. who are lower down, let's say, or, or sorry, one of your members, let's say. And, you know, if we, if we punish them when things get out or we, we use them as, a, as, a, as an example then that's not going to promote, again, p make people feel it's okay to do, to, to come out and say.
because if the well i remember how jane was treated i remember how mike was treated then why would i then want to come forward so it's actually a two-way thing um it's the turkeys at the top voting for christmas but it's also those it's also the way they treat those who um have transgressed it's, it's not writing people off there you go you know, it's being there a community of grace and not writing people off Hey, Luke, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time with you. I've learned about turkeys, which I'm just, I'm so pleased about. I'm glad that came up. I was wanting to ask about that. Hey, I would love to have further conversations with you about discipleship in the future, if that's all right. I am just, I've had such a great time. And I think those watching this will have uh, really appreciated it as well. Thank you for your authenticity and uh, bless your church and all that you guys are doing and uh, hearing more in the future same to you chris blessings to you and the spring harvest team i've never been myself but i am gonna i'm gonna try and check it out maybe one year so um all right i'm gonna i'm gonna try and check it out this year chris i'm gonna try (laughs) and check it out you do that (laughs) hey grace and peace blessings you loved it didn't you if you did you can also see some visuals behind that because it was recorded via skype so feel free to head over to my youtube channel just type in luke white into youtube my channel will come up well i'm the only black guy with the name luke white that's how you know it's me enjoy listening to it all over again but maybe the facial expressions will help bring it to life for you even more i've got eighty-seven thousand. wait I've got 87 subscribers on YouTube. Let's try and make it 99. I just need 12 of you who haven't subscribed to subscribe. And we're in the money. Love ya.